Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Every month, we have the pleasure of having Bob Lowry join us on our podcast to answer water chemistry questions that are sent from you pool guys and pool girls out there. And this is that week. So a big welcome to Bob. For those of you that know Bob, you know he's a legend in our industry. For those of you that are new into the pool industry, Bob has written 21 books on pool water chemistry, and even the manuals that IPSA uses were written by Bob. He is also the founder of the Pool Chemistry Training Institute. You can visit his site at pcti.online. We will talk about that in today's podcast. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the PoolmanUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, Pool Nation. I got to say, this has been such a weird week for me. And I think I've told you and John a little bit about it, but Monday morning, I apparently snapped a tie rod in my van while driving and that was scary. I thought I was going to crash and I ended up saving it. But And then Wednesday morning, I stopped to help that cat that I thought got hit by a car and I'm stopped in the middle of the road trying to help it and it crawls up into the frame of my van. And so I'm literally stopped in the middle of the road with this cat in my car and and that was a whole thing. And then Thursday, I had my stain treatment after two weeks that kind of flipped back to where we were from the beginning. So I'm just really kind of waiting to see what happens today. Zach, you were just all over crazy with that cat, but it had it had a, a happy ending. Yeah. So we uh I finally pulled over and I'm crawling around with my pool pool and my brush and this thing's on top of my differential under the van and I'm on my hands and knees in this gas station parking lot like jabbing my pole in there. Come on, buddy. And I look over and this guy's like, what in the heck are you doing? And so I'm telling him about it. But I finally got the cat out. We got it uh, picked up by the shelter here, which is a no-kill facility. And it was chipped. And the homeowner actually was able to recover the cat. And the cat was okay. And she actually stopped me yesterday because I was back at the house near where I found it and told me thank you and that they got the cat. And the cat's all good. So it was all worth it in the end. That is awesome. John, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm I'm like a zombie today. I'm <laughs> seriously. I, I got 
maybe an hour's worth of sleep last night. I don't, I'm just not feeling 100%. I don't know if it was the heat. I mean, it was pretty hot yesterday. We got up to 123 degrees. Uh, the day before that was like 121. Today's going to be 123. Um, I don't know if it's just me trying to acclimate to it, but I am worn out. So I am looking forward to having Bob on the podcast. He has a bunch of great information, and I don't have to talk nearly as much. Um, <laughs> Bob is going to be able to to lead us through this one because I'm hopefully I'm not going to be too useless for everybody. He's going to carry us to the finish line today for sure. Hey, yeah, John, it, yeah. it it doesn't help that I'm sitting there last night at probably like twelve thirty at night sending you TikToks, right? Well, I was up. I, I got it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, but I'm just sitting there going like, oh my God, uh, it was kind of just like a weird feeling. I'm not, I'm just not feeling a hundred percent and I couldn't sleep and it's just been, it's been terrible. But anyways, I'm here. I go yesterday to the gym yesterday for the first time after like, like a year and a half or whatever. And I go with my daughter and we're having a great time at the gym, working out together and all that kind of stuff. And so I come home and I'm like really tired. So when we, when we got back, she's like, I want to go eat sushi. So from the gym, we go eat sushi. Then from there, there's this brand new 7-Eleven concept in our town. So we kind of go over there and that thing is completely crazy out of this world. And so we end up getting home, I don't know, like midnight. So I'm tired. I'm sore. I go to bed and my body's just going, please just go to bed. And at that time of the night is when I just, my, my brain is sitting there finding funny TikToks and sending them to you guys. So here I am probably up until two o'clock in the morning on my damn phone, just wasting time. And this morning I couldn't get up. So Oh, for sure. It was like 10 o'clock when I was like, Edgar, my time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, John, I just think I was so exhausted that I was just kind of finding everything just right. funny. And here I am just. At one point, I'm like, I better stop sending this because these guys are just going to be like, what the hell is this idiot doing at midnight, you know, sending us this crap to look at? <laughs> Anyways, Bob, good morning. Well, good morning from Lima, Peru. Uh, I hope you all are well. I uh, have had my second vaccination now, and in about one more week, I will be uh, uh, protected, I guess, as they say. So they are just just now vaccinating people 60 and over in our country. So uh, it's taking a while before the main population gets uh, vaccinated here. So we're still doing masks and, and uh, curfews and, and quarantines and those kind of things. So. Gotcha. John, how are you guys out in California? Um, as far as like vaccinations, I think we're... Yeah, like, like people using masks and all that kind of stuff. They're there. Um, you can. Sl- everybody's still using them. Every time you go into a grocery store, every time you go into a bank, every time you go into a s- establishment, they'll still require masks. But you can see now that they kind of lifted the mandate and people are back to 100% uh, capacity where more small businesses are the signs have shifted from you must wear a mask if you are not vaccinated. Now is kind of what some of the what some of the signs are saying, and I'm trying to figure out what are they going to card you on the way in. But everybody's kind of been kind of relaxed, but I think it's kind of like the same norm. I don't know. It's just so it's just weird. It's it's funny how human you know humans adapt to things, and they just they there were creatures of habit, right? And when we start doing something for so long, and everybody starts doing it, it starts to become almost like normal. 
where it just feels weird. I mean, remember the first like month or so or week or so when you were going out and we had to wear masks, everybody was tripping out. Like we feel like something's going on. And now I find myself sometimes when I get out of the truck or going to a building or I go somewhere, if I don't have my mask on yet, that feels weird. Right. And it's like, it's just funny. You know, I'm just glad that everybody, I know there's been a lot of people that have been affected by COVID and they've, a lot of people got sick and people have lost loved ones. And I think it's been, I think it was just, just absolutely horrendous. We were blessed enough to where we were safe and, you know, and we kind of got through it and I'm just, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. And now they're talking about this whole new, this whole new mutant one that's coming out. I want everything to get back to normal, you know, back to kind of the way it was before where it's a little bit more of a personal touch instead of so standoffish i think that as i know this isn't what we were planning on me talking about here but you know that human connection right where you can have a conversation you can see somebody's facial expression you, you can kind of figure out what somebody's feeling and thinking where masks and six feet away and stuff is just so impersonable and it just kind of goes against everything we are as a human race i think out here everything's kind of going back to normal and you're starting to see more people not wear the mask than the people wearing the mask. So just kind of wondering how it was in California. I know that they had put some different dates on there for that. So interesting, interesting how it's all kind of playing out. But I'm like, I'm, I'm like with you, John, I'm, I'm one of those that likes the in-person, likes to shake hands, maybe a little bit old school kind of thing, but like, like to have the conversation. Hugs. Yeah. So it's, it's been tough, you know, it, it, it really is. So. All right, guys. So our shout outs today go to Jay from Breakfield Pool Service out here in Denton, Texas. Big happy birthday to him. He kind of kept that quiet from us. He's a big time follower and listener. Great guy out here. He does service. He does builds. He does all that kind of stuff. And then the next shout out goes out to Sarah from Ultimate Pool Tools. It was her birthday this week as well and kind of figured that out from going online. So big shout out to you, Sarah. Happy birthday to both of you. And then, guys, before we get started today, I want to talk about the date of our next training, and that's going to be the 26th of June. And that is the one for the financial training that we do. You get five business metrics that help you understand how well your business is doing financially. And so some of the things that we go over is the different business types, sole, LLC, S-Corp. We talk about the Pool Nation metrics that we've kind of created to help you keep a pulse on your financials. Three common, three, four common reasons why small businesses fail. We talk about insurance, billing software, making it work for you. We talk about the different terms for accounting. We prepare a profit and loss statement. So you actually have a little bit of homework. You have to get your numbers ready so that you can enter them into the software that we have created. And by the end of the class, basically, you're going to learn really what your true cost of service to service a pool is. You'll learn a true profit and loss, and we'll actually create one. And then we kind of go through one of those at the end of the class. So that's going to be June 26th. From there, we're probably not going to do one until September. I know everybody's kind of busy. Everybody's slammed. So so June 26th, and that is 9 o'clock Pacific time. If you're in the Central, it is 11 and Eastern. It is at 12, and the class is about four or five hours. So we'll have that class then. Bob, when is your next class? There is a class actually tomorrow that I am not giving it myself, but there is a, a pool chemistry class being given tomorrow virtually. Uh, it's being given by Rob, Rob Stewart. <clears throat> the next class 
after that is probably going to be September at a, an event, an expo called the Pool Industry Expo, which is an old show that's been around for many years. And uh, it's in Monterey, California. And I'll probably be giving a class there. And then I will be giving one for sure at the Pool and Spa uh, and Patio Expo in Dallas in November. And we will probably give a an in-person class the day after that show ends, which will be Friday. And uh, so I'm going to do an in-person one there. And uh, you may, I may want to check the date for that because uh, I'm not giving too many of these classes in person anymore. So it may be a good one. And Terry Arco is going to join me for that one. Edgar, on on Instagram Live, you said you were going to give away two spots, but you only gave away one. We need to do uh, another giveaway for the second one. Let's ask a question, and the first person to answer and message you on Instagram wins. He doesn't like that idea, John. I, I don't think so. I, I don't muted. think he likes it. <laughs> he's muted. Look, he's muted. He did what I did earlier. Edgar, I am, sit- I am sitting here like a dork talking about Joel, talking about this, talking about that. <laughs> Uh, I well, love it. You know, I need another you, cup of coffee. You, you <laughs> said you were tired. I thought, I thought maybe you fell asleep. <laughs> Bob, we told you that you were supposed to carry us today. You were supposed well, to you know, just kind of go with know, the flow and run the podcast. I thought you were. I didn't know I was going to run it. I thought you were going to ask me some questions. <laughs> Joel, I was sitting here talking about, hey, Joel sent us this, you know, message that John's low and I'm loud and all this kind of stuff. And then I hear John just talking and I'm like, man, are you they just not? So I just kind of went quiet and <laughs> I looked down, John, and my mic is muted. Oh, man. So, yes, John. So what do you think the question should be? It doesn't have to be probably water chemistry related, but let's let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. But let's let's have Zach come up with the question. Zach, come on with a question. Uh oh, yeah. Zach is telling me. Zach, did I steamroll you? Did no, I steamroll John anybody? steamrolled you. Uh, question. Go shoot. Oh come on! It could be anything. I had to put you on the spot because I was. It, he put me on the spot, and I'm like, <laughs> let me. Let me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something with the stain problem I just went through. Oh, the give color. Me, give, what give color? Give me a minute. How about minute. the color? What metal it might be? Copper, the stain yeah. is a certain color. What color is copper going to stay? There you go. You you guys are just struggling with this one big time I'm this morning. You, I'm, I'm Here, I'll make I'll make an easy one. Non water chemistry related, n- none of that. The first person to be able to tell me Mama's first name on the Instagram and sends me a message gets oh, oh, a spot for the training class oh, and spell it correctly. And spell it correctly. So there it is. So you need to go to my Instagram account. You need to oh, send me is. mama's name and spell it correctly. So Beard we man, you got to go to Instagram, go to Instagram and, and type it in and send it. So there you go. So there we, we got it. We're good. All right, guys, let's get started with this podcast because we've been needing some coffee today and a little slow. So let me shout out this first question. And the question was Edgar, Zach and John, I know that there's been a lot of talk on the chlorine shortage. And we're getting from some of the distributors saying that it's not them, that it's the manufacturers that are not delivering or producing enough chlorine. Then we hear that it's the distributors that are not ordering enough product. And to a point that makes sense because I'm not seeing all the stores run out of chlorine. 
Have you guys heard from the distributors and gotten any word from them? Really just trying to figure out what's going on. It's so frustrating to not have parts is one thing, but to not be able to take care of the pools is super frustrating. So, Zach, John, have you guys heard anything? Yeah. I mean, we've been going through the same struggles over in our area. And at first it was parts, right? Repairs. And we've talked about this. So like equipment kind of scarce and can't find it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Triclor, we all knew about it. We've been talking about it for over a year almost, right? And that kind of went away. And then now all dry and then now liquid, now acid. And it's all the same thing. And, you know, we carry the same frustration. We understand it. But at the end of the day, everybody's pointing fingers you hear a story and it says it's them there's a story saying it's theirs and there no it's 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 her it's whatever but at the end of the day it's us right and we need to figure it out and figure out what we need to do um so that we can survive and we need to be in survival mode right now and um i can say that i'm absolutely frustrated myself because there's nothing nothing worse um, I can deal with not having a pump. I can deal with not having a filter. I can deal with putting off a repair for a couple weeks or three weeks or four weeks or five weeks if we need, if need be, or figuring out a way to make it work until then. But when you drive up to your distributor and there's no pallet of chlorine out there and there's absolutely zero dry available and you have nothing put into your pools, you get a feeling inside, right? That's the type of stuff that, that really starts to, to hurt you because now we're starting to figure out or you got to you start things start going through your head and you start worrying hey look you know this is how i'm going to lose my clients if i can't if i can't service their pool or if i can't sanitize their pool and keep it safe for them and their loved ones they're going to go find someone else cuz someone else has someone else hoarded 500 pallets of tabs right and they're tabbing their pools through this crisis so you know that's the type of stuff that you know like, kind of keeps me up at night and I, I feel your pain out there when it comes down to it but we've been told that there isn't really or there isn't a shortage of liquid chlorine so hopefully it's just a logistic issue and that they're going to sort through it and that we're going to have it so that we can at least be able to add liquid to our pools and get through this crisis Again, we're all in this together, and you know, if one pool service company is really going through it, chances are the majority of us are going through the same thing, unless they were very, very well prepared or had a warehouse full of product that they stashed away. I would like to add just a comment. I'm sure that that is true, and uh, I, I don't doubt anything you've said at all. I have talked with uh, one of the liquid chlorine manufacturers. And they have told me that, that there is not a shortage in making it. Now, whether or not there's a shortage in delivery or, you know, the distributor's not ordering enough or whatever, that's another story. But at least one manufacturer is telling me that they don't have a shortage. So I, I don't know about that. I would, I would offer a, a fallback position. You know, I know that you said you couldn't, you need to take care of your clients and what do you do when there is none? Um, you know, there is none at your normal wholesale distributor, but I guarantee you they sell liquid chlorine at the grocery store and the big box stores, you know, Lowe's and, and Home Depot and those places like that and Walmart. Um, they sell bleach. And as long as you buy bleach that doesn't have 
any additives in it, no thickeners, no fragrance, no, you know, no whatevers, as long as it's just straight bleach. Um, the bleach that you buy at the grocery store is almost exactly half of the strength of the chlorine, liquid chlorine you buy at the, at the wholesale distributors. Um, so as a fallback position, you can find liquid chlorine at the grocery store or one of the big box stores. Um, and it maybe is only a, in case of emergency, use this, but at least it gives you something that you can put in the pool to get some, some chlorine in there to protect uh, the bathers and, and perhaps save your accounts. Zach, have you found anything out? How are you guys doing down there in, in Houston? I mean, at this point, I don't have a clue what's real or what's going on. Um, you know, this week I went to a, an actual retail chain and they said that they were out of muriatic acid and DE. And yesterday we actually didn't have our 100-pound Calhypa show up on delivery. So um, those are out. I think there's some smaller sizes available. but. I mean, at this point, my fallback plan is just uh, I'm going to transition the business into XL Aquascapers, and we're just going to turn your pool into a beautiful life-size aquascape and uh, create that backyard <laughs> environment for you and roll on. Turn the koi ponds. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're too much into this aquascape thing, my friend. <laughs> you've, you've got aquascape in the brain. Yeah. Maybe I should write a tech bulletin on converting your pool to a koi pond. There you go. Right. There you go. The, the, the no need of chlorine, right? The, hey, being able to maintain money. it. The plant. big money in koi ponds. You know, those <laughs> oh, those things expensive. are expensive. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, guys, I, you know, I haven't been able to talk to any of the distributors. I kind of don't have much luck being able to kind of get them to, to answer back. It's a very difficult you know, conversation. And I think a lot of people kind of don't want to talk about it and stuff like that. But I get messages all the time with regards to different areas that are both out of liquid. And now I'm hearing that some places are even out of Cal Hypo. So, you know, I think it's, it'll be very interesting. I think it's going to be tough. We've been talking about it for, like John said, for the last year. So I think, I think we're in for a bumpy ride because we're not even in summer yet. So we'll kind of have to see how it plays out. And then what I'll do is I'll try to reach out to the distributors again and kind of see if they're willing to kind of come on and, and talk and kind of have that conversation. So, Bob, the last Instagram Live, we finished talking about high pH. And I want you to talk a little bit about low pH and how does the pH tend to affect to, or to be different in plaster pools, fiberglass, and vinyl pools. And the reason that I want to talk about the difference in each one is because we got a question on pH and fiberglass pool, and that was, can you ask Bob about pH and fiberglass pools? I noticed that my pH and my fiberglass pools tend to be lower or not rise as much. Why is that? You know, there is a difference just between the vessels and... Um, so, in plaster pools, or as my former partner used to say, in cementitious pools, uh, you have uh, calcium and alkalinity slowly coming back out of the plaster uh, into the pool. And so it has a tendency to, to increase both of those things. Um, you know, with time, it's less and less, but 
when it's new and in the beginning, it's more. Um, but on <clears throat> pools that are non-cementitious, you know, vinyl, uh, uh, fiberglass, acrylic, stainless steel, uh, whatever, um, those pools don't, they're not leaching anything back into the pool. Um, so there's nothing to hydrate. There's nothing coming back into the pool. And many of those um, pools, uh, especially fiberglass, will do better if the pH is lower. And what I mean by do better, um, a lot of times we have found that the when you get consistently keep the pH high in a fiberglass pool, you can get some either blistering uh, or you can get uh, some cobalt spots um, and you get some little uh, nodules of, of uh, cobaltous material on the surface. And that happens because the gel coat itself is actually a, a membrane. Um, and so you've got the fiberglass and resin underneath it, and then you have the gel coat on top of it. And so uh, if there's something underneath on the, in the resin, um, that's trying to get into the pool, it makes a little hole to get its way into the pool. So you have osmotic pressure happening, and that's what causes those cobaltous spots all over a pool. Um, keeping the, the pH low uh, seems to prevent that uh, from happening uh, more than, than keeping a pH high in the pool. So I think it's just a difference of the vessel itself. and. Um, and what is leaching back into the pool. Next question, Bob. I know as far as a dry, non-stabilized chlorine product like CalHypo, um, well, why can't we produce some other form of chlorine or dry chlorine that is non-stabilized that doesn't have as many side effects like trichlor or CalHypo? Well, that's the there, there's a number of problems involved with that, to be honest with you. And, and it, it has to do with manufacturing and it has to do with approval by EPA. And EPA has, has two or three kinds of approvals. And first of all, anytime you create a new pesticide, which chlorine is considered a pesticide under the broad term pesticide, and and then a sub of that as a disinfectant or sanitizer. But when you create a new pesticide, you have to go through all of the tests on that chemical to prove everything there is. And to, to provide a new pesticide right now takes about three years and about $6 million to create it. And that's assuming that you could get OSHA and EPA to allow you to make a building that you could produce it in. Um, because uh, you have to do all kind of environmental impact studies and stuff like that to create a new place to make it. So, so it's just, it's a huge amount of money right? to do it. And then all you have is a Me Too product. Yeah. You, get, you got chlorine like everybody else does. So who wants to go spend $10 million and start making stuff and, and make pennies in difference? Nobody wants to do that. So we have to rely on things that have already been made. And there are, there are other types of, of chlorine products 
that are made, but they're not used in the pool industry. So there are some things out there, but those things are are not uh, they're not EPA approved for swimming pool use. So instead of uh, sodium dichlor, there's potassium dichlor, and there's a number of other potassium kind of products. There used to be some lithium products. We used to have lithium hypochlorite, and then they started needing the lithium for batteries, <laughs> which became more profitable than selling pennies worth of chlorine. So um, there's lots of that kind of stuff out there. There's even a new product that you may or may not have heard of, but um, you guys know the, the tablets of bromine are called bromochlorodimethylhydantoin, and those uh, that dimethylhydantoin has now been used to make a chlorine product. So there is dichlordimethylhydantoin, and it doesn't have any cyanuric acid in it, and it's a solid product, and it doesn't have anything in it that builds up in the water and causes any problem. It's a little bit more expensive than the rest of it. It is only sold by one company, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on whose side of the fence you're on, but it's sold by the King Technology and it's part of their, their frog or frog froggy thing or whatever they call it. Um, but anyway, they make it, and I don't know if there's any shortage of that or not. Maybe an alternative or something to look into. Um, but it's difficult to make a new product. And, and over the years, I mean, think about it. Chlorine was, was first discovered, I think, in 1744. You know, so um, chlorine's been around, and they have managed to try to, to combine it with everything because chlorine is a, a gas as an element. And so you try to make, combine it with something to make it a solid. And so there's only so many things you can chlorinate to make it a solid. And so we've got calhypo and sodium hypochlorite, lithium hypochlorite, dichlor, trichlor. It's, and then you can get into the potassium versions of those. So there's a lot of chlorinated products out there, but whether or not they would work in a pool and whether or not you could get them past EPA uh, for approval as a pool or spa chemical is is a, an expensive, time-consuming thing. I was always hoping for like a chlorine salt or something like that, right? Yeah. You can have like a pound of chlorine salt you can add into the pool. You know, in in trying to to conserve on chlorine, there are things you can do. As most of you know, I'm a proponent of using borates in the pool, which can save you up to 50% of your chlorine by doing that. You can also add chlorine generators, UV, ozone. Um, uh, you can put in uh, oxidizers. And we've had some people recently try to, to put in a, a large amount of ozone and use borate. Uh, borate, of course, prevents algae. And ozone at the levels that we uh, administer it to pools is not a very good algaecide. But if we can prevent the algae with borate and then do most of the heavy work with ozone, we may only need a very small amount of chlorine to provide a residual. Um, that's a possibility as well. 
Definitely need to dive into all of those right there. Hey, guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will continue with Bob. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Bob Lowry. We're taking your water chemistry questions and doing a deep dive into those. So, Zach, I will let you continue. So the next question is going to be about boric acid in metals. So says, here's another question for Bob the Brain Lowry. Can <laughs> boric acid be added to pools that previously had a pool RX or metal algostats in them? I suppose the question could be posed as, can you still add boric acid to pools with high levels of metals? Clearly, you see a trend here of copper lines in pools and previous pool guys having used RX. Heavy metals in pools freaks me out. Heavy metal in earbuds is awesome. Okay, so um, if you've got an algicide or pool RX 
uh, or one of those types of things in the water, there's no problem with putting borate in with it. It just becomes a matter of you you probably don't need both. And from a, a dollar standpoint, um, if you put the borate in, it prevents algae but doesn't kill it. If you're maintaining a good chlorine level and you've got no algae uh, existing, then borate will prevent algae as it's added. Um, so uh, there's no need for the pool RX, and the borate will last, uh, you know, till you lose some water. So it's a you, it's a one-time addition, and it prevents algae. So from a, a money standpoint, and even a maintenance standpoint, you put it in once and. You know, maybe next year you check it and it's down some unless you've had a big water loss. So you can use it. Borate doesn't precipitate with anything. Um, so you don't have a problem with that. Um, so you can use it with algicides or with pool RX or phosphate removers or whatever. But some of those other chemicals become unnecessary. And I know that pool companies like Pool RX and companies that make enzyme and stuff like that, you know, they're saying, hey, you know, you need our chemicals. And I, you know, I'm just telling you from a, from a purely chemical standpoint, if you got bored in the water, you don't need any of those things. And if you maintain a chlorine level that's 5% or more, of the cyanuric acid level, you don't need to shock, you don't need to superchlorinate, you don't need an oxidizer, you know, so you don't need any of those traditional things where, you know, I, I see even from the Calhypo manufacturers, they say you need to weekly shock your pool in the summer. If you're keeping enough chlorine in your pool, you don't need to shock it. Next question, Bob. Is there any way of getting rid of calcium hardness without emptying the pool? Well, there are two products on the market that claim that you can do that. And I just, uh, I have never personally tried that. I have heard service techs tell me they have tried it and it doesn't work. So I'm not sure that the products, the commercial products that you can buy will do that. There is a way which I probably don't have time to give you the specifics on this podcast, but there is a way that you can increase the pH and alkalinity in the pool and precipitate the calcium on purpose and then get rid of the calcium. And so in extremely high uh, calcium pools that have high levels of calcium in the incoming or source water, we can use this method to actually precipitate calcium carbonate and then either add alum or a clarifier and pull all of the precipitated calcium into the filter or vacuum it to waste. So there is a way to do it. There's also, remember what uh, Terry spoke about too, when it comes down to the new liquidator, um, where with the new liquidator, they're saying or they're claiming now that by using it, you're able to reduce the, the calcium levels in the pool because the calcium builds up inside the tank. Right, yeah. 
And guys, for everybody listening to the podcast, we posted a video on that new liquidator on the poolmanuniversity.com. So if you go there, you can kind of check out the overview. We kind of broke it down and we'll be posting a video soon on, on an install of it and how easy it is to install. But to be honest, all I can think about is what Bob is talking about getting a pool and doing that precipitating calcium out of the water that'd be so cool right (laughs) blasting a pool and getting it to come out that would be awesome to have like a test pool and be able to do that that'd be kind of fun but i'd be afraid we could we could do that sometime if you'd like to like to to set up something and try it we could that would be awesome we could that would be really cool but basically the 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 theory is this is you've already got a high calcium level if you increase the if you add sodash and you increase the alkalinity in the pH and you literally precipitate calcium carbonate on purpose. That would be freaking cool. Anyway, yeah. so next question. Very Bob. cool. Um, should you pour acid or chlorine first? I would pour the acid first if you need it. It may be a little bit old school on my part, but... Um, Chlorine is a little more effective as the pH is lower. So um, putting the acid in first and then putting the chlorine in afterwards uh, makes a little more sense from a logic standpoint. I am assuming that you are not meaning that you need to put acid in to lower the, the pH of the pool because the pH increased because you put the liquid chlorine in. Uh, meaning that liquid chlorine does not raise the pH of your pool. So if you need to put acid in, I'm hoping it's because you need to lower pH or alkalinity because you don't need to put acid in to lower the pH of the pool because the liquid chlorine raised it. Next question, Bob, and this one I've actually wondered is why does the color of acid vary mostly brownish yellow but sometimes clear it depends on the manufacturer and like hasa chemical for instance they actually put a dye in there and they do it just so that it's not clear you know when it's clear it looks like it's water it looks like a you know an okay liquid if it's got a color in it you know yellow brown whatever then you can at least see that it's that it's not that it's not water, and that's the only reason for it. Uh, Fifty years ago, if it wasn't yellow, if it was brown, that means that it used to be part of the iron pipes at the plant that made it. The acid, the acid dissolved part of the galvanized pipes, <laughs> and you Yikes. got some of it in every bottle. So that means that you know, because sometimes you hear some of the guys say, "Oh, well." You know, it's it's more clear, so it's not as strong. So that has nothing no, to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. Hasa chemical, for instance, adds a yellow dye so that you know you'll see that it's yellow. How much salt is in a gallon of chlorine? It depends on how you want to uh, how you want to define that. Do you mean how much will it? increase the parts per million of TDS in your pool? You know, is, is, that, is that the goal? You know, because how much is in there? I could give you five or six answers and they're all right, but I don't know which one 
you're specifically looking for. But if you're talking about what's it going to do to my pool, if you add a gallon of liquid chlorine to your pool, it's going to increase, ultimately increase the TDS in your pool by 24 parts per million. Here's something to consider. Water weighs 8.34 pounds per gallon. And then you can find out what liquid chlorine weighs. And you're probably going to find out it's, it's uh, I don't know, 10.24 pounds per gallon or something. So the difference means that there's two point some pounds of something in there or about two pounds of something in there. And if you consider that one pound of it is a pound of chlorine, then that means there's a pound of salt in there. Pound of salt and a pound of chlorine. I want to kind of go back on that on that last question as far as like the acid with the color and it not meaning it's diluted. Now, when we're talking about chlorine, though, if chlorine is more watercolor, you can assume that it's that it's lost or it's old. Is that correct, Bob? It depends on the manufacturer. And my advice would be anytime that you see a color that's different from what you have been getting, then there's probably something wrong with it. And it's the best way to say it, because if you keep buying from the same source and and it's whatever color it is when you get it, if it's yellow or slightly brown or clear or whatever, if you get a batch and you and you notice that it's a different color, then there's something wrong with it. And that would be my observation rather than than to do that. The other thing that you can do, uh, Lamott and Taylor both make a, what they call a, a bleach strength test kit. And it involves some dilution and a little bit of, of equipment that they sell you in a kit. But you can actually take some of your liquid chlorine and find out if it's 12.5%, like it says on the label. And if your chlorine level is, if you pour chlorine in and it's, uh, you're not getting the desired results or not getting what you used to, uh, you may have uh, some old chlorine or, God forbid, you may have a distributor or somebody diluting it. And that happened in Southern California last year. A distributor was taking a bottle of 12.5% chlorine and diluting it with half water and making two bottles out of one. So you were ended up with about 6% uh, chlorine in each bottle. And turns out that a lot of the guys started complaining, saying, this chlorine is not given, I poured a gallon of chlorine and I only got two parts per million in my pool. I usually put a gallon in, I get five or six parts per million. And so it turns out the distributor was diluting it. So. If you're not sure about the the uh, dilution, the strength of your chlorine, you can do a bleach uh, a bleach strength test. Uh, you can do that, and if you find that it's not what it says it is, you can complain to whatever state you're in. Complain to the state EPA, um, and they will they will by law have to go investigate. But understand that liquid chlorine does decompose, and we have a decomposer uh, decomposition schedule in our book on pool chemistry for residential pools.
And uh, liquid chlorine is only good for about uh, about 45 days till it really starts losing losing some strength. And especially uh, where you are that you got, what'd you say, going to be 120 tomorrow? Liquid chlorine doesn't like heat and it doesn't like sunlight either. So, um, you know, if that stuff's sitting out in the parking lot at 120 and it's not covered, I don't know how, I don't know how much chlorine's in it. Hey, John, I'm assuming you have that test kit, right? Because I know you. I do. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I just, I knew it. I knew it. <clears throat> Bob started talking about this. I'm like, John has it. Yeah. I tried to get the, the, chlor- the test kit manufacturers to just make a dip and read, which would be really cool. You could just pour a little in a cup, dip a strip in it, and tell you if it was 12.5%. But making a strip that would do that is practically impossible. So they end up having to do a dilution, dilution, and dilution, and then you make a free chlorine test. They do have some test kits if you want to, if you're uncertain. And maybe during this this summer when people are going to be stretching things, uh, maybe it's a good idea to have a test kit like that. So this next question I'm curious about says, liquid calcium, why is it not used more? Can you go over the benefits? Liquid calcium is just a liquid form of calcium, calcium chloride. And they sell it both ways. And the liquid does not contain as much calcium as pound per, per pound of, of the dry stuff. And it's more expensive to make, so it's more expensive to buy. So liquid, uh, liquid calcium increaser is more expensive. Uh, it's more convenient, but it's more expensive to use. And most service techs are trying to save money and cut corners, so they'd rather buy something that's 100% chemical and buy something that's, you know, 40 to 60%. But technically, it's the same stuff. It's calcium chloride in water. Guys, let's take a word from our sponsors, Zach, John. When we come back, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Did you know that one of the main reasons why small businesses fail is because owners are less in tune with how much revenue is generated by sales of product or services and the cost to provide this product or service? This leads to money shortfalls that can quickly put a small business out of operation. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. 
By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking to Bob Lowry. We're doing our episode on water chemistry and answering all the questions that are sent in to the guys. Bob, Zach, and John, believe it or not, it's already been an hour. It seems like it's been like 10 minutes. Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Uh, It's been a crazy, hot, chaotic summer so far, and it's just getting started. So I hope everyone is staying hydrated and staying sane. And Bob, thank you for coming on today and answering these questions. It's, It's just amazing that every time we do this, you know, I'm learning more and that whole why is muriatic acid clear versus brown versus yellow? That's awesome. I never knew that, but now I have much more understanding on that. So thanks again for coming on, and I hope everyone has a, a good weekend. John, final thoughts? All I can think about is how am I going to set my – I'm going into my backyard after we're done right here looking at my pool, and how am I going to set it on fire so I can precipitate calcium out of it? <laughs> so – <laughs> I'm, gonna uh, John. Go, I'm gonna go light my pool on fire right now <laughs> see what i can get out of it see how, how bad i screw it up but um that, that's that's exactly what i'm thinking right now that's so cool just being able to do that kind of stuff and like magically you know it's not magic obviously but it's a great feeling to be able to you know go to a pool a problem pool or know there's an issue and know how to resolve and what you need to do but that'd be pretty friggin' cool, right? That you can go, okay, cool. We got high calcium. We can't drain drought. Okay, let's just drop this by 200 parts per million by doing this or that and coming up. That just to me, that's kind of cool. Well, ultimately, that method, by the way, you you do slightly increase the TDS because once you're all done with it, you have to rebalance the pool, you know. Yeah. And then you also have to either vacuum the waste or backwash the filter a number of times because all that stuff ends up there. So. It's not a walk in the park to do it, but it can be done. I got a feeling I'm going to turn my pebble pool into a white pebble pool. (laughs) I say, John, I say that you don't listen to that part that Bob said and be discouraged. I say, let's do it. You know, let's kind of light that thing on fire. And and you can do one or two things, John. You can either wait till Zach and I are there. I, I prefer that, Zach, till we're there to be able to see it. But... If you can't hold back and you're going to do it, can you please, please, please video it? Video, videotape it. Yeah, if I do it, I will video it. <laughs> Make a TikTok out of it and send it to Edgar at midnight. <laughs> yeah, send me that video at midnight. I'll forward it over to Zach. So Perfect. I'm, I'm sure Leslie probably. Zach, do you mute your phone at night? No, I just sleep through it. So it's convenient. You sleep through it. <laughs> Man, I guess I better really. John, I'm going to create another chat and just leave him out of it because I'm sure with that 
you know, five or six videos at one o'clock in the morning that right. we're sending to him that are completely <laughs> useless is probably going to get us in a lot more trouble than <laughs> for sure than for them to be funny. Hey guys, I, Bob, I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast. And I tell you, and we talk about this all the time on the podcast, and I think we repeat it a lot, but it's like every time that we come on and we have you on, there's always that golden nugget that we take out of these podcasts. And a lot of the pool guys out there, I know, appreciate it too. Guys, I know things are tough out there. We are getting a lot of questions. We'll try to, you know, continue to answer the questions and try to get to the bottom, especially with the chlorine shortage and all that kind of stuff. We'll make a push this week and try to make some calls. You know, hang in there. I know it's tough. I know it's very frustrating. I know a lot of you guys are kind of throwing your hands up in the air and just complete frustration. But as everything, we will come out on the other side, whether we want to or not, right? Sometimes we're just kind of forced into dealing with those situations. Zach, John, as usual, thank you for your time. John, stay cool out there. I know it's 119, 120 out there. It's been crazy. I've been watching that temperature out there. Big shout out to your birthday, uh, to your birthday, to your daughter, because it's going to be her birthday, the 26th, right, John? Yes, sir. The 26th, she's going to turn on the big 118, so... The big 118. What the hell is 118, right? The big 118. The the big 118. (laughs) That's how bad I am right now. Oh, my God. I'm out of it. So, listen, a big shout-out birthday to her, John. It's a big one. Thank you. Uh, Definitely. So, we'll we'll have to give her a shout-out next week and maybe sing her happy birthday. Bob, thanks, Yuka, for coming on to the podcast. Guys, we'll catch you all next week. We'll talk soon. See you guys later. All right. See you guys next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at poolmanuniversity.com.